hello, check, check. One, two, eight, nine, eleven, forty-eight. All right, it's not late. It's right on time. It's the cannabis coffee hour time with your host Rob Cantrell. Me. Uh, welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour podcast. This is my weekly podcast where I drink coffee. I talk about life, Zen, love, art, comedy, sketch, stand up, uh, music, weed, acid, cocaine, water, rocks. <laughs> the universe, uh, you know, you know the vibe. Today I'm drinking some coffee. I'm drinking some bomb ass coffee, and I am on my second French press, so I might be extra hyped up. But I'm enjoying it. But uh, what's to, we're in February, everybody. 2020, 2020. How's everybody's 2020 going? Hit me up at at uh, contact at Rob Cantrell. Dot com and uh, also um, like and subscribe to this podcast leave a comment tell your friends uh, we're up uh, in the numbers and we're going we're climbing every week um, because I just think people understand the vibe that uh, cannabis is gonna be one of the things that's gonna save the planet that's what I have been really tapping into. Um, you know, smoking is, is awesome. Uh, today I don't have any herb. I haven't had herb in like a week and I have been thinking about it (laughs) and I have been wanting it, but I, I got like three different projects on the table right now that, uh, I just want to knock out and get done. And, uh, but it's been a fun week and I think I'll probably run into some this weekend. I'm doing shows. I'm doing shows. This weekend in New York at, um, <clears throat> this weekend, what is this fucking weekend? So this weekend would be the 8th and the 9th, right? No, Friday the 7th, yeah. So Friday, I'm doing this venue called Old Man Hustle, <laughs> which is in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. That should be fun. And then I'm running over to this place on 14th Street. It's kind of like an art deco uh, venue, but they have a comedy show that they've had a few years called The Secret Loft, and uh, it's a cool venue. You should definitely check it out if you're in New York, um, if you want to see some stand-up in kind of a, you know, it's it's a it's not your typical comedy club, let's put it that way. And it's very uh, 420 friendly. I don't know if you, you can't smoke it in there, but I don't know. They, you'll figure it out. Just go check it out. It's dope. Um, so I'm doing sets there, and I'm working out stand up and I'm writing, but I'm also working on another writing project. And this week was really fun, man. On Tuesday, I went to the last OG rap party. If you don't know, uh, the last OG is a television show with Tracy Morgan and Tiffany Haddish, and it's on TBS. In the last two years, I've opened for Tracy here and there, Tracy Morgan as well as doing my own stand-up, but also opening for him um, here and there. I don't always do it. Um, He has a a rotating group of cats. But what was cool was uh, I got the call to 
uh, doing acting. I haven't done uh, a big acting role in a TV show in a while, so... Well, actually, I haven't. That was my first debut of acting in a real TV show. Well, no, I did Last Comic Standing, and I did Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. Everything has been stand-up oriented, like completely myself. I'm like playing a character that was, uh, you know, I'm an act. I can act. I'm great at it, and that's what uh, I've been doing with my uh, short film series for the last couple years. I've been doing like you know independent sh stuff. But also at the same time, working on stand-up. But this was the first time with a big cameras and like, you know, it's a whole rigmarole. Tons of paperwork uh, and, you know, my own trailer, makeup people, the whole nine. So that was a cool experience. But what was even cooler was I pulled it off. And what was even cooler was I got invited to the rap party which is like the whole cast and crew, which was like 200 people, and it was in a rented out space uh, restaurant in Brooklyn, and the whole cast was there, and I brought my wife, and uh, I felt like a big shot. Well, I wasn't that, you know, there was a lot, you know, bigger, I just had a one scene. I don't, you know, you gotta keep your ego in check with all this stuff. But it was, it was a fun night out, let's put it that way. And, uh, and the vibe there was, just, it was during the big Trump <laughs> presidential address and I was glad I, not I know I have I've been saying not to get political but it's been really hard not to get political these days uh, but I was just glad I was not dealing with any of that and I was in kind of uh, Tracy Morgan's television show rap party uh, which had not did not have any political shit going on people were just there was just good music good vibes good people um, and it was just a cool thing for my career, like how, you know, all these little steps have led to this point. And then all of a sudden I'm on a show, a television show with Tracy Morgan, one of the, you know, you can't, you can't deny he's not one of the biggest comedy stars out there. Because um, he is, and he's one of the funniest dudes on the planet. But uh, it was just, it was a trip, you know. I am just a kid from D.C., um, in a small town in Virginia, like people where I come from didn't really go from their dreams. And I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And yeah, so it was just like to get to this point and to be there and bring my wife and, and everybody knew me. Tracy was like, yo, what's up? And the directors and the producers and people, you know, were giving me some love. Um, so that was cool. And I hung out and I brought my wife and she got to drink two glasses of wine and get her get a buzz on and hung out and then we broke out. But the crazy thing was is when I went, it was a classy enough place that you check your coats and shit. So we checked our coats and we went in there. And then when I was walking out, I got my coats and I look up and there was this big bulletin board. They had a rented out restaurant and this was the coffee shop in the restaurant or like the area where they do espressos and shit. You know, it was like some high-end hipster fucking Williamsburg restaurant shit. But uh, they had a big quote from Mitch Hedberg, who I toured with, who I was my, fr my friend. I smoked weed with Hedberg um, in Sacramento. I remember in the green room between shows. His wife, Lynn, wasn't there that week, and I had a bunch of weed. I didn't have a bunch of weed. I had some weed. I always have some weed. Because <laughs> my thing is, is that I'll smoke the shit out of it all the time. And 
you gotta, you really, like, showbiz and doing creative art stuff, I think it's good to have around and have herb, and I, I 100, 2,000% think it should be legal. But at the same time, I know just to execute and stick the landing, sometimes you need super duper laser focus, and sometimes weed helps with that, but everybody's different, you know? Um, every Seth Rogen does huge fucking movies and he blazes out great herb. Canadians can smoke some herb. Shout out to Rush in the trailer parks, boys in uh, Seth Rogen. I like all that shit. Um, but me personally, you know, just to get up and out, I saw somebody, Jordan Peele uh, was talking about it. And he's, he smokes a lot of weed, but ever since he got Get Out and he was producing these big movies, he was saying in order to write the script grit, Get Out, like he smoked a lot of weed in the beginning, but to finish it, he had to like step back. And I think that's what I'm doing now. I'm finishing like a couple, all my projects are a little bit weeded out, <laughs> but in terms of like inspiration, but then you got to like take the steps to like, just like some of the bullshit that's not fun to do to process that and kind of move through it. But sometimes weed's good for that. But, uh, so yeah, the, the, going to the show, going to the after party. But I looked up and there was Mitch Hedberg quote, and uh, it was a, you know, one of his classic jokes. It was, uh, you know, Hedberg was known for uh, one-liners, and I, uh, Hedberg jokes. It was about sleeping, and he was just a, a awesome human being, man. I really miss him. Um, in comedy, I would say he was like one of the one of the uh, dudes that I just really enjoyed being around um, because in comedy, there's a lot of like really just fucking you know alpha male like energy, and Hedberg wasn't that. Hedberg was just fucking chill and nice and cool, but also was, uh, you know, very focused on his writing. Very, very focused on his writing and writing on his jokes. And he died of heroin, you know. I think he got mixed up. I, I don't You know, his judgment, he lived his life. Everybody's got to live their life. Everybody figs, figures out his shit, their shit. Uh, I just wish he was around just because I, I just loved his vibe. But his vibe is forever. Your vibe is forever. All of our vibes are forever. But I do believe life is precious in terms of, uh, I've been meditating like a motherfucker. I did like 20 minutes today. And the thing I've been meditating about is just like removing all my thoughts from my head. And, and then when, when I do that, I start to think about like where we're all from and what it's all about. And even just, peeling it all away. And my new thing is, is like, it's all light, man. It's all light and energy. And this is just, you know, my eyeballs, my, my body, all this, this is just my filter of this light and energy. And then you can either be negative energy or positive energy, but you want the pause vibes, man, because there's so much negative bullshit out there. But, uh, it is a good gig and, um, to be doing comedy and writing and 
all the things that I'm pursuing, like I enjoy the hell out of it. But enough about that. Let's talk about some coffee. <laughs> no, Hedberg was dope. And he also liked, uh, he liked a lot of music. That He liked the band Clutch. He liked a lot of heavy metal. He came from, he was a little bit older than I did. So he liked metal and stoner rock. Loved like, he definitely loved Nirvana. You could tell he was uh, completely influenced by Kurt Cobain and kind of that whole Seattle. He lived in Seattle for a while. Um, but that was his generation. Like that was, there was like that generation that's like right after like Guns N' Roses and Nirvana. Just like, it's very weird. There was a fucking flip of the switch. But sometimes I listen to that grunge music and I'm like, I don't know about some of this shit. You know, art, it's weird how art, what stays around and what ages, what doesn't age. Um, but then again, time is different too, because sometimes I'll listen to something and then other times I'm like, oh, what the fuck was that shit? Um, you know, it's, you know, I've been going back to a lot of Tom Petty, um, been listening to, like, he has so many great tunes and they're so straight up. They're so fucking honest. And they're so not cheesy. But they're also creative as hell. You know, don't come around here no more. That is a like a whole synthesizer laser fucking vibe to it. And the dude from the Arrhythmics wrote that. If you don't know the Arrhythmics, now they were some bad. That was this dude and that chick with short hair. They were, they were badass songwriters. Like, you know, they were full-on 80s tech to the core. But um, their songwriting was just fucking sick. Let's look up. Like, what are the top arrhythmics, arrhythmic songs? Like, I guess the dude produced a lot of... I don't even know. What, what does arrhythmics mean? That's a dope-ass arrhythmics. Oh, yeah. Sweet dreams are... Yeah, it's if you like fucking... Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Manson, his biggest hit is Sweet Well, Beautiful People. Can't fuck with beautiful people. I'm not a huge man, like, praising Satan and all that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of laugh at it a little bit. But at the same time, man, if you start playing with the dark arts too much, you get sucked into that shit. That dude had a gun. He had his stage prop gun fall on him. But, you know, showbiz is hard. And uh, I do know, like, big stage, you know, it's kind of a total spinal trap tap type of vibe. And I think that cat, um, Marilyn Manson, has uh, a good sense of humor. I know he's, one of his favorite TV shows was Eastbound and Down, and that was one of mine. So I think he, uh, he totally gets it. Like, I think he's just a dude from Florida that, uh, you know, just fucking went for it. That's what it was the whole thing. He saw Nine Inch Nails and was like, oh, I could do some electronic, fucked out, creepy ass, weird ass music and try to tap into the music industry and get a d record deal back when they were given record deals. I'd just act super satanic and see what happens. And it fucking blew up. And The Beautiful People is a fucking ill song. But it's probably his other song was Sweet Dreams are made of these, and that was by the Arrhythmics, and it's just a fucking, love is a stranger, here comes the rain, oh, here, that's a good song, here comes the rain again, the Arrhythmics, what is the, what is Arrhythmic, what does that word mean, um, they were a Wikipedia all day, the Arrhythmics 
were a British pop duo. See, it was a man and man and chick. It was a dude, it was a chick and a dude. <laughs> it, uh, the Arithmics were a British pop duo consisting of members of Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart. Stewart and Lennox were previously previously of the band The Tourists, which broke up in 1980. The Arithmics formed that year in Wagga They're from Australia. The Australians got some cool-ass shit. ACDC. Um, let's see. Formation. Uh, formation in the Garden. What's that all about? Uh, Annie Lennox met in a restaurant in London where Annie Lennox worked at the time. They first played in 1976 in a punk band, The Catch. After releasing one single... You know, shit, it, like, they started in the 70s and then shit didn't pop off to these dudes to, like, 85. Things take time, you know? And you gotta learn from all your shit because... I always say, like, writing jokes, like, you gotta write a bunch of bad jokes in order to get to a good joke. And the same thing with songs, same with art, same with everything. You gotta write a bunch of bullshit just to get to, like, the good shit, which might be the simplest shit in the world. But you have to, like, go through all this stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't want to just sit here and read. They're interesting. Go check out... Sweet dreams, they are good. And you can check out Marilyn Manson's version. He did a de decent version, but I don't think it's as good as the other one. Same thing with Toto, like uh, Africa. That's a good song, man. <laughs> That's a great song. Africa, like, it's by Toto, is a sick song, if you want to check out a good song. Um, but um, Weezer covers it. And uh, they do a good job at it, but then I was listening to them both on Alexa, and uh, the Weezer version is much chunkier. It's much more like Weezer. And then you listen to the other one, you're like, ah, oh, the other one's kind of clean and mean, and it's, uh, it's hard to beat the original. Sometimes cover, some people cover shit, and it's better than the covers. Um, trying to think of, of an eye. Uh, you know what's a good cover is Van Halen, You Got Me Going. <laughs> and that was by the Kinks. And the Kinks, I, I think that was the original writer. Now the Kinks, everybody loves the Beatles, but the Kinks, the Kinks had some sick songwriting. Like Lola uh, is one of, the, one of the better, funniest, obscure, funky, weird, uh, kitschy tunes. But just the chord progression... Just how it's played, the the choruses out of line, um, you know, drinking cherry Coca Cola, all that shit. Like, that's a, that's some really good songwriting. Um, I dig it. This is some really good coffee I'm having. I'm on my second cup, um, Cobble Hill Blend, Union Market. Now Union Market, I got this. I got a pound of this for eleven bucks, and this was some good shit. Um, I got the whole bean. Um, this is not throwing it back to tradition. Oh, we're, we're throwing it back to this tradition. Full body coffee made in classic mocha java style. We use medium roasted beans, that's what I like, for smooth rounded flavor paired with a hint of bright acidity. 
Word to your mother. I dig this. Uh, these are the finest beans grown in Asia, Africa, in the Americas. Locally roasted and customly blend to our specification. So pretty much you get some coffee beans, which is like just beans. You know, I always say coffee is pretty much just like bean juice. <laughs> it's just like sweated out beans. Um, just like if you got beans in your burritos or any of that shit. Mm. Tastes good. You know it's been tasting good. Like I had, I got this Hershey's dark cocoa powder. Now I was putting it in my coffee, but my co I get good coffee and it already has like kind of a cocoa taste. I've been doing like as you know, I like my liquid Elvises, which is in the morning. I got the Ninja. I got this blender. I got this bomb ass blender, and it's uh, I load it with ice banana, peanut butter, milk or almond milk, whatever I got around. And I don't even know, need that much. I'm just, but then I've been putting a whole scoop of 100% dark chocolate cocoa powder in it. And that shit, it literally tastes like a banana Hershey's uh, peanut butter bar. Like, no, Reese's. It tastes like a, like a bomb ass Reese's in the morning. And I drink a whole vat of it. And uh, that's my breakfast. That pretty much keeps me going. Today, I haven't eaten any meat. I've been trying to stay away from meat. Let me think. Last night, did I eat some meat? What I, no, I had some. I, last night, I made tomato soup. Not from the can. I get the box. You get the box, like the square box. It looks like a box of wine. And I got the square box of tomato soup. And then I made grilled cheese. So I had grilled cheese but my bread was really good. If you're gonna get a good grilled cheese, you gotta get a good bread. My bread was like this buttered, cause uh, yeah, my family all that. I usually want a whole wheat bread. I've been reading all about white bread and how fucking sugary that shit is. Like you need the whole grains. You want, need that shit before it gets processed. Everything before it's processed is good for you, you know? That's why you, you know, that's why I always talk about growing weed and smoking like weed that's like freshly grown. Like the weed, you, you can sit there and say, this is from this, this is, but if you get the weed that you, if you know the grower, that's who you gotta go to and you get it right when it's cured just right. You gotta get in, they, they call burping the jars. They get the weed out, they dry it, then they put it in the jar and, uh, and then you kinda like let it sit there for a day or two and let it dry out, but not too, you don't want it so dried out in the sun that it burns all the THC or, I don't, you know, I, I'm not a super pot nerd. Shout out to this uh, famous grower, Subcool. Now Subcool, like during my times of high times, I, I, I do have, I do feel a family connection to high times. I literally hung out at High Times Magazine for like seven years. And that's where I got most of my weed in New York. I don't want to fucking drop a dime on anybody. Um, but, you know, New York is just not that legal. So it's kind of sketch. But I knew the dudes that had the best of the best. But this, uh, but I also did uh, MC a lot of the cannabis cups. And I did a bunch of MCing for Normal, which is the National Organization of Marijuana Law Reform. Uh, reform Marijuana Laws. So, 
Uh, I met a lot of these people in the cannabis community early on, like 10, 15, 17 years ago. Um, even going, I remember going to events even in like 99 and in 2000 in San Francisco when I was just doing stand-up comedy. Like it just, me and Herb and stand-up in San Francisco <laughs> is the perfect combination. I need to book some gigs out there, but it's been a while since I've been out there. You know, I've been New York hustling all this time, but hopefully this new TV credit with The Last OG will get me back on, out on the road a little bit more. But what was I talking Oh, Subcool. So Subcool was this breeder. He made the seeds. Um, and I could, you should refer to Danny Danko. If you want to know somebody that knows the most about growing pot, if you're interested in growing pot, because it's getting legal and all that, um, by Danny Danko has a book about growing pot. And it's a great book. Check that out. Um, but his good friend who I met, I first met this dude in Portland. And I went out to Portland and I did a show. I did the marijuana logs at the Aladdin Theater. I was in the show, this play called The Marijuana Logs with Tony Kameen and Dan Gabriel. It was originally with Arch Barker and, and um, Doug Benson, but Doug blew up from Super High Me and then Arch Barker went down to Australia and now he's like one of the best, biggest, he's one of the best comics I've ever known. Him and Mitch Hedberg are two of the, my favorite, like those were my, OGs in terms of writing. I'd say Tracy Morgan is more of my OG in performance style and just vibe. Because he's just, you know, Tracy's just fucking funny, off the wall, bizarre, but also has a, you know, he has a cool artistic side to him. People slip on it, but he's, he's, he's more arty. His dad was a, would sing and write music. Like his whole family is like, uh, musically inclined and you know they just understand the arts um, but Mitch and Arch Barker were more joke writers and that's were my first first uh, influences when I first got into like just the bottom rung of stand-up going to clubs and then I saw these dudes Arch Barker and Mitch Hedberg and those dudes blew my mind along with Dave Attell but Dave Attell is definitely more New Yorky style New York style, which is just hard, you know, smash mouth, <laughs> which you need in stand-up, and which New York has gotten for me. But I'm trying to lean a little bit more back to the out there goofball style. And that's where, you know, that's, uh, I think Tracy does a little bit of both, but Tracy's main, like, thing is sketch and acting. And that's what I'm learning the most from him. Um, where was I going? Oh, subcool. Fuck, man. I'm all over the map, and I haven't even smoked any weed. Um, sub, but Subcool was this, uh, you know, Bruce Lee always says you remember who was nice to you. Like, I never, if somebody's nice to me in person, like, when they don't even need to be nice, when they're not even getting anything out of me, I remember it. I just do. I fucking remember it. So I was doing a show, The Marijuana, and then Danny Danko from High Times Magazine was doing a normal conference and I think I did a set there at I don't know if I got paid but there was a couple shows and I had a show I remember that's when I tried to drive I did do it I drove from San Francisco to Portland 
people, if you try to do that drive, just know it's about a three-day drive. I thought it was like a one-day drive. So I was, and then I looked at it, I was like, oh shit, I gotta be in Portland tomorrow. And I didn't have a plane ticket. I just had a rental car. And I was looking at it, I was like, oh shit, man, this is like a 29-hour drive. I gotta figure this out. And I had only like a day and a half. That's when I drove and I slept in the car, like off the side of the road for a while. And then just kept on driving. It was like one of those big hauls. But uh, I made it up to um, Portland, which was a cool town. I only played Portland twice. And this was one of them. And one of them was we would go to this place that was like, it was before legalization was full out in Portland. They would have these community centers that you could drink free coffee. And then the weed guys would you were allowed to trade weed legally. It was some weird rule where there wasn't, you weren't allowed to exchange money, but you could go to these places and it was, oh, it was for medical reasons. So if you had like AIDS or cancer, you could go to these community centers and these growers would come. And I'm sure there's like money under the tape. There was some shit going on, but um, it was, you know, there was a lot of great, there's still a lot of gray areas with uh, marijuana legalization. And I don't even like calling it marijuana. That is like some propaganda name to make it sound more Spanish. And it's that's kind of the, the weird racial undertone of making it illegal. Um, you should call, I call it cannabis. You know, you can call it whatever the fuck you want. I like to call it herb too. Um, but yeah, I met Subcool at this coffee community medical center that I went in with Danny Danko. You needed a membership to get in, but since he was with High Times and he was like the big speaker at this thing, we went in there and uh, Subcool has the best. We, he had, I mean, he's like one of those top breeders. So, but he just recently died. He passed away. I'm not sure, but all I do remember, he was super cool and he loved my coffee and weed song. And he gave me shout outs. He had a podcast called Pot Nerd or something. Weed Nerd or, you know, they would talk about, you know, if you want to get really deep, go back to check out his shit. Uh, if you're into growing and all, if you found this podcast by random and you're more interested in cannabis lifestyle than my super zened out <laughs> stretching shit. Um, yeah, check out um, Subcool. Uh, rest in peace, Subcool. Man, all I can say is, like, he was a good dude to me. I just remember him being nice and him giving me some shout-outs. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Um, but uh, I haven't been smoking that much herb. I've just been meditating uh, 20 minutes a day. And then I've been doing, oh, man, I think I talked about it on the last one. But, <laughs> dude, I saw and my, my, my two favorite spirit or, like, meditation consciousness I think everybody's getting there. Like, we're all understanding the power of the brain. Like, something my mom always taught me is like, and, and I think I talked about it in the last episode of the Cannabis Coffee Hour, is world peace, or the idea of peace, or the idea, like, I think that's at the core of all this political, and, you know, if you believe in peace or not, and I guess if you don't believe it, you're like, well, it's bird of prey. You know, motherfuckers are going to take your shit no matter what. There's just evil motherfuckers out there. But I do believe there's another level of consciousness that is beyond violence. 
I do believe there's another level of our brain that we haven't even tapped into. And my mom would say this to me. And when I was young, I was like, well, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go break dance and, and drink beer and pick my nose and shit like that. But as I get older and I've learned to meditate because my mind was just racing so fucking hard. And I believe that's from social media's popped up in the last 10 years. Uh, me getting older, me having a family, me just processing shit. Like, you know, I've had people I know kill themselves. I had people die of drug stuff because shit is heavy. Get shit get, you shouldn't take it too heavy, but the shit gets heavy, yo. That's just how it is. And you have to learn to control your brain or it's going to fuck you up. And you can't listen to your ego. Your ego is a motherfucker. And I've learned that. And that's what how I've learned it. And like, I still haven't conquered it. It still slips in there. Mine, it comes like in forms of jealousy and in forms of needy, that neediness, that fucking thirst, which is the wackest shit you can have. Because in essence, you know, life is so, I love it, man. I, I mean, making the money, that shit, the hustle, the grind, you know. I mean, I dig it. I'd it's there, I guess, to spur me on towards my dreams, you know. Um, but I had to let go that fight or flight part of my brain that's in there because it just fires me up too much, you know. And that's why I started, I mean, that's why I loved cannabis so much is that I think cannabis definitely, um, cannabis definitely, like, takes you to a place where you realize your ego, like you kind of, it, it gives you that separation. It's more about living in the moment. And so the first time you smoke cannabis, it definitely gets you right in the moment, right? And that's the only truth is in the moment. The past and the future are subject to so many different perceptions and so many different styles or so many different people, you know, in it's history and, it's, but this, this, right now this moment is the only real fucking thing and that's how you when you meditate you just learn how to like strip away your mind from going oh what about this guy and what about back then what about the oh what are you gonna do about these money you know all that shit just you learn to drop and then if you can live in the moment like my man bruce lee and be like water and just learn what i'm learning is just how you react to shit you know um, if the cooler you can be when shit goes down, the better. But I understand sometimes, you know, there is that yin and yang to me that I understand. You know, I grew up in D.C. in the 70s and 80s, and I lived in a small blue-collar Virginia town, you know. Not, you know, not highly educated. You know, it was, it wasn't like rough and tough, but it was just like, People aren't going for their dreams or talking intellectual talk or talking about their ego and shit. It was just like, you know, working at the factory, uh, becoming a football player, <laughs> uh, and that's about it. Maybe dipping skull, stuff like that, uh, tobacco, I don't know. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I enjoy where we are and where we're going, where I am and where I'm going. I've been stretching. I've been doing these. Okay. 
Oh, the video that's, if you want to know more about, like, this is like the two super bands of the consciousness, is Eckhart Tolle, which is like this German dude who had a nervous breakdown, but then learned how to control the thoughts. And he's all about the, he wrote this book, The Power of Now. And then this other dude, Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer uh, is all about the I am, like we're all God. Um, you're all what you are. And so uh, I am consciousness. And then they have a, they, they're speaking together. So I love Eckhart Tolle and Wayne Dyer discuss consciousness, non-duality, spirituality. Like these are the, like, this would be like if, uh, Metallica and Slayer played on the same night. Like, this is the super bands of this shit. Um, so I, that's, that, that's the shit I've been getting to, into. Um, as well as... Um, because it kind of goes back... Another one is George Harrison's last interview on this weird VH1 show. But he talks about, like, everybody... If, they, if everybody got conscious to the now... Like, it's like, he was making this cool statement about, like, it's not a green forest if everybody, if all the trees out there are dead and there's one green tree. Like, all of us need to grow. All of us need to live in the moment. All of us need to be in the now. All of us need to realize that we are love. We are God. We are energy. And you can make that energy either positive or negative. But I think with the whole like scarcity of resources and the fucking fight or flight and a lot of <laughs> repressed testosterone and uh, traumatic childhood fucking issues, we were in this blah, 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 whatever that is. I think I'm making sense. Because um, I think everybody understands what I'm, well, maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about, but it makes sense to me. But at the same time, you can't take anything that serious, man. You gotta have fun. That's what I, I, I have fun doing this podcast. I love doing this podcast. Because, uh, you know, nobody owns this podcast. It's just me. I put up all the art. I put the guests. All I want to do is just do it as a practice. The same thing with meditation is just practice. The same thing with stand-up. But after a while, you get better at the shit, you know? You really do. You could sit there and say, oh, I'm an old natural Zendel dude, but nah. You gotta work on that shit. And the same thing with art, same thing with music, same thing with rap, same thing with fucking acting, same thing with stand-up, same thing with anything. Um, but I've been doing, oh, the other thing I've been kicking, you should check out this shit, is, uh, what is it, the five Tibetan stretches. And this is supposed to... Uh, Tibetan, what is that? I think I talked about it on the last rites. It's the five Tibetan rites. R-I-T-R-I-T-E-S. Uh, what are the bet? What are the benefits of the five? So I've been doing these stretches in my stretches, and they're like five super simple things. They're defi, but they're kind of weird. You do like these pumping the air like you're having sex with the air. It's wild. Um, but it, it has stretched everything out, and they're so simple and so dope. Um, the benefits of the five Tibetan rites, de detoxification, 
balance of chakras. You gotta get your chakras in line, bro. Uh, reverse the aging process, sleep soundly, enhance memory, emotional and mental health, relief of joint pain and, or, and arthritis, improves, improves strength and conditioning. Check out um, the five Tibetan rites. Um, the five Tibetan rites are five exercises that you move through in mindful, almost meditative state. Each exercise focuses on stimulating particular chakras or hormonal systems, um, also revitalizing certain organs. In sequence, the, uh, in sequence, the exercise constitutes a complete workout of the whole body. Um... Yeah, I have to say, I haven't been doing them, like, super core. I got, like, my other stretches. Like, uh, I'm down with Bruce Lee, like, gung fu. Like, you take what works with you. But I, I, in my stretching, I do all five in a row. And one of them is just spinning around in a circle, which I like doing. <laughs> That's how you begin it. You put your arms out and you spin clockwise, I think. You go to the right and you go around, around, around. It's supposed to, like, but it gets your blood moving. I like Tai Chi. I like all that shit, man. Um, I think like in our American system, it's just like, we're all over these computers and eating hamburgers and farting and, you know, I eat hamburgers and fart and I'm over my computer right now, but you got to stretch that shit out or you're going to get gunked up later in life. So this is a really easy way. The thing about meditation and this stuff, it's free. It's a hundred percent free. Like even if you were just locked in somewhere, you, you could do all these things and, um, Here's a cool article, The Five Tibetan Rites. What I noticed after doing them, it looks like for 30 days. I don't know. You go to some of these sites and it's like, man, some websites got so many fucking ads and shit. I like websites with none of that shit, but people got to make a dollar. Um, so I went to one and yeah, it had too much bullshit on it. I'm out. If a, if a website has too much bullshit on it, I'm fucking out. I'm not, f you know, get your shit, calm it down. There's too much shit out there. Um, but I've been working those into my workouts. <clears throat> so I've been stretching and I've been meditating for 20 minutes. I was doing 40 minutes there for a while. But at the same time, I'm like, I got to get some shit done during the day. I do live in New York. I got to knock out, uh, you know, some work. Um, I gotta get some, somebody's texting me right now. So I'm working on this one potential project with somebody and then I'm finishing another and then I'm doing this music project and then I'm writing stand-up and then I just finished acting. So I'm hustling. Hopefully this credit will open up doors for some new credits, for some new work. That's all it is, is one project leads to the next project, leads to the next project. Same thing with any art, like... And that's what I say with stand-up. You know, you got to write a ton of shitty jokes until you get to some good ones. Same thing with drawing, you know. But that, if you love it, it's not really a big deal. I'm having a blast with this coffee, but I'm not really powering through it because I already had one French press. So this is just one cup of the second French press. And uh, it's awesome. I do love me some coffee. Um, it gets me going. Because I got to get up in the early in the morning and I'm out late. 
Um, trying to nap it up a little bit more. I did, like the other day, I had a good 20 minute nap. Nobody was around. I'm enjoying when I'm all alone. <laughs> I mean, New York is so crazy and then I got a family and all this stuff. But uh, I do enjoy when I'm all alone. Not all the time. You don't want it too much alone time, but you want some alone time. And then you can, you can really get into the moment and try to be grateful for the moment and try to be grateful for, or just, you don't have to try, you just have to be. No trying, just be, right, Bruce Lee? I have this doll of Bruce Lee. <laughs> My wife gave him for Christmas and he's just sitting there and I love him. He's awesome. Um, that dude is a badass, but I'm not in, but I wonder what he would think like, I contemplate the whole idea of turning the other cheek. That's the really heavy shit. Um, yeah. Been writing a lot of music. Not a lot of music. Been working on this one song. And like I said on the last episode, just... But it's been fun. And But I hit a wall for a couple days, and I would try to work on it for like two hours, and nothing would come. And then, then something comes. And then same thing goes for this other writing project. It's just, you just can't quit. And I'm not going to quit this podcast. And I love doing this podcast. And I'm definitely not quitting smoking herb. But I just want to control whether I want to smoke it or not. But I do think it should be illegal. It sh I do think it should be legal. Uh, I like Bernie Sanders because he would make it legal. But I also like Yang, this dude Yang, President Yang, Yang Gang. Uh, it was cool that Chappelle came out for this dude. Um, he's interesting. I, I haven't been following much, you know. I'm just not into uh, Trumper. But man, I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you know more about economics than I do. Uh, I'm just trying to get by and I'm glad to make it another day. This dude, okay, where are you from? Uh, Yang, Andrew Yang for president. I'll check him out. I'll read up on some of this shit, but, um, but a lot of it's just so much drama. I got shit to do. I'll vote and that's about it. Oh, I made some bomb ass. It wasn't bomb ass, I put too much salt. I did make some hummus um, in my blender. So I got two cans of chickpeas but what I did was forgot to drain out the juice of the chickpea juice. So I just dumped it in there and the first batch was just soupy. So I was like, God damn it, man. I shouldn't say God damn it. Gosh, damn it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I could say fuck, you know, but I do believe words have power. Everything is energy. So you just gotta be careful. But I like curse words. Uh, it's just when uh, you line up a couple together, you got to watch out. But I say motherfucker, which is the worst. And that's one of my favorite words. I'm not perfect. Um, and neither are you. But I made, and neither was this hummus I made. I, I tried to, it was so soupy that I, I put like a big thing of salt in there. And then I put some more tahini, which is this weird sauce that gums the uh, chickpea junk together. And, uh... It just might, yeah, it's really salty. I just made some salty ass hummus, but it ain't bad. It ain't bad. It's pretty good. Um, but I had some garlic in there 
and I had some pita bread. And that's what I've been eating on today after my chocolate peanut butter banana morning shake. I got this big vat of fucking fresh made hummus that I've been just dipping into and eating. I've been eating a ton of apples. How about that? Um, a sliced apples and peanut butter just is fucking is a bomb ass treat. Made some salmon the other week. That was last week. That was nice. Um, you can tell I haven't eaten lunch today because I'm just talking about food on this podcast. I'm gonna go get something to eat. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like and subscribe to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Check out my website, robcantrell.com, for tour dates. Um, and uh, look out for these projects that I've been talking about, working on. All right, peace. I love you. Bye.